Welcome to the Your Life Choices podcast with me, John Deeks, keeping you up to date with the latest news and information and helping Australians navigate midlife and the retirement landscape with news, articles and so much more, including health, which we're going to cover today, and of course, lots of retirement resources. Now, if you have any friends who you think would benefit from Your Life Choices, then please encourage them to join the some 270,000 people who are members. And remember, it's always free to join and it's a wonderful resource. And speaking of health, I have uh, someone very important to us now. She's Dr. Bandana Sini. And Bandana is um, professor and lead academic at Sydney University, looking at uh, research and professional development in pharmacists. And I wanted to speak to uh, Bandana today about the role of pharmacists moving into 2022 and the changing role. And I'd like to say a big welcome to you, Bandana. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Um, now, do I call you professor or doctor? You can call me Bandana. <laughs> <laughs> then I should call you Bandana. Uh, Bandana, you are at the very leading edge of what pharmacists and uh, professional development of pharmacists in Australia, and the role has changed so much over the years, and we rely so much more and are expected to rely because of uh, the, the pressures off doctors, etc., on pharmacists, um, and this much more expanded role than they, I think they used to be uh, in the last couple of decades. Would you agree with that? I certainly agree with that. So I think traditionally pharmacists have been involved with, you know, supply of medicines. And in Australia, that's, of course, the supply of medicines on our pharmaceutical benefit scheme. But increasingly, I think there's understanding that our role is not just about handing a medication to people. It's really making sure that that medication is used well as it should be used and that it's doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah, I do love the way that uh, my pharmacist now comes back from around the corner from uh, the uh, uh, where they're, they're, they're putting together all the bits and pieces and actually comes and has a talk to me and says, have you had this before? Do you understand what this is all about? Is this the, you know, and, and they really take a, a lot more interest in what they're giving me. Um, and I say, oh, yes, no, I've had it before or, or whatever it happens to be. So it's uh, much more involvement, much more engaging. I would agree. And as you would have, you know, witnessed in the last two years, let's say, over the COVID uh, pandemic, pharmacists are actually involved in looking after generic health needs of the communities that they serve. Apart from simply supplying medications, they also do vaccinations or blood pressure checks and, you know, a whole range of services that are important for generally restoring and maintaining health. I wanted to have a talk about your community pharmacist in regards to sleep. A lot of our Your Life Choices members do have trouble sleeping, and when I've done Midnight to Dawn radio, I get quite a few folks who have a certain age who will ring me to say, look, I can't sleep, and I find that the radio, especially talk back overnight, is very comforting. Tell me about the latest research in regards to those of us of a certain age when it comes to sleep, how important is it? Should we worry about the fact that we do wake up in the middle of the night? How can we get a good night's sleep? Over to you, Bandana. No worries. So, yes, I think we're increasingly discovering that sleep medicine is a relatively young discipline in medicine, but we are discovering the far-reaching consequences of sleep health. So sleep health is associated with how how your mood is, how your body is metabolizing what you eat, um, you know, how your heart is functioning. So a whole lot of things which normally you wouldn't, you know, necessarily 
associate with sleep. So it is really important to get a good night's sleep. Of course, you on the odd occasions there might be a night here or a night there um, where you haven't slept for a particular reason. But overall, it's good to establish a good sleep pattern. And you very rightly pointed out, John, that as we age, it's not that our sleep needs change. I was going to ask that. Is is it a fallacy that as you get older, you don't need as much sleep? Or is it as we get older, we're not using as much energy? No, no, not at all. You still need the same amount of sleep as anyone else. And that is seen as a rough average of about seven hours a night. Mm. Um, of course, you know, it depends. Some people might, you know, do a little less and some a little bit more. But too less and too much more isn't good. So that keeping that average Swinging around that seven hours is a good idea. But as we age, there's some natural changes in sleep. So older people may uh, have less deep sleep. Hmm. Uh, and sometimes that has to do with other things that are happening. You know, you have to get up and go to the toilet or your knee might suddenly start paining, all of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh dear, you, you've been general. looking into my bedroom, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> I do notice that uh, uh, the last uh, decade or so, I've enjoyed having a, a cat nap in the afternoon. Now in Europe, uh, it, it, of course, that's uh, very much part of the, the social structure. They'll have a, a siesta in the daytime and then continue on in the night. Uh, I can do it and I, I find I'm very lucky that after 30 minutes or 45 minutes, I kind of wake up straight away without feeling like I've been kicked in the head. Uh, but tell me about the, the siesta, the, the, the cat naps, the, the nana naps in the afternoon. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think nano naps are okay as long as they're brief, you know, let's say 20 minutes or so. Going longer for that isn't considered a good idea, though, of course, you know, traditionally you talked about the siesta and that siesta is culturally embedded in so many different places. Mm. But in general, you should keep it to 20 minutes because if you do more than that, then in your brain getting these mixed signals about, oh, I rested, now I have a lot of energy, now I can keep going for 12 hours, mm. which is not what you want. So a 20-minute cat nap, power nap, nano nap, whatever name you want to give it is perfectly okay. Um, you know, it sets you back on your feet, gives you that you know, little boost of energy. But apart from that, you know, particularly in older people, what I would recommend is ensuring that you have regularity. So waking up at the same time every day is really important. Yes. Um, that is a really, really strong, you know, signal to the master clock in your brain. And your brain does have a master clock. And John, what they found is that almost every organ in your body has a clock. Oh. Um, so that setting that master clock early in the morning is important by waking up at the same time and trying to get some daylight exposure, which doesn't mean you have to stand right facing the sun, but ensuring that you've seen some light, your curtains are pulled, <clears throat> you've gone out, um, those will be good signals to set your clock. Doing exercise, so that, you know, choose up some energy and start telling the brain, okay, you worked a little, now you'll need to sleep tonight. Um, so the general, I guess, good health principles are good to sleep as well. And, of course, having a good conscience and a clear conscience also does help you sleep, <laughs> which, of course, you and I would not have any problems with because our consciences are very clear. Um, now, Absolutely. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to broach uh, today with you, uh, Bandana, is 
asthma. Um, there's been a lot of discussion uh, about uh, the weather events and how they affect people with asthma, and people must be very careful of that. What is the latest research uh, that you know of? Well, it is true that climate changes do affect health. Uh, and in the case of people with asthma, that's very clear. So I think we saw the horrible summer in uh, you know, 2020, mm. early January, where the bushfires impacted us. And I think Melbourne, for example, has seen these episodes of thunderstorm asthma. Correct. Uh, as well, which are happening because of these changes in the way, you know, our climate's going. Um, so it is very true. Um, climate does impact the spiritual health, the environment in general. So I think we're very lucky in Australia to have decreased our smoking prevalence uh, rate to, you know, about 11 which is pretty good. We need to go down even further. Yep. But it is important that people with asthma or other lung conditions like chronic obstructive pulmonary disease are a bit wary of, um, you know, what's happening around them. Um, and there are ways that you might be able to do some immediate protection, you know, staying indoors, for example, keeping a watch on the pollen count in your area, looking out for any thunderstorm asthma advice, if you do have to go out, ensuring you've got a good, you know, P95 kind of mask. And, of course, we all know about masks with COVID now. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so all of those things are important. And because you mentioned asthma, I think a very good uh, way to prevent terrible exacerbations or flare-ups from happening is to ensure that you are taking a preventer inhaler as prescribed by your doctor. And the last thing I'll add here, John, is that Inhalers are difficult medicines to use. It's very tricky how to make sure you get the most out of your inhaler into your lungs. And that's where the pharmacist is really important because three months or six months or so when you get an inhaler, stop and ask the pharmacist and say, oh, can you show me how to use this again? Or can you check how I'm using it? Uh, and, you know, they'll be able to um, it put you right on anything that you might not be doing to your own best advantage. Um, so keeping on the preventers, using your inhalers the correct way, and also getting asthma reviews done, you know, at least every six months to one year with your doctor would be important ways to protect yourself from any sudden changes in climatic conditions. Today we're talking about pharmacists and how the role of the pharmacist uh, can assist you, that ways you may not have thought of before. Uh, the other reason, Bandana, I was wanted to speak to you today was I have recently had my booster uh, shot for COVID uh, because I've uh, almost I'm over 70 plus also I have had cancer, which thank God I'm clear for now. But um, I was in the area where they said, yes, look, you know, you should get the booster. And my daughter, who is uh, filling in a, as a, a pharmacy assistant uh, down at uh, down near the beach where I live, and uh, she said, uh, "Dad, come and have it with my at my pharmacist," which I did, and it was so easy. And I guess that's another role that we've seen the pharmacist fulfilling, um, as opposed to uh, taking up time with the doctors or or other health professionals. Absolutely. So yes, as you know, we've had one booster dose that's been approved by our our regulatory body. So anyone, so in your case, John, there was a particular reason that you were given a third dose because you might have been low in your uh, immunity reserve because of the medicines you had to take. Mm. But in general, too, if you've had your two full doses of the vaccine, so six months from that point, and you can give and take a week here or there, 
you know, six months post that point, you are now eligible for a booster shot. And the only boosters that are available as a booster category are really the Pfizer um, vaccine. And again, like for the original two, you know, doses, um, many pharmacies are participating in the booster shot provision. So I would recommend that if you think you've had six months since your last dose, and your pharmacist can confirm that, and of course your my gov dot um, you know vaccination certificate will do that for you too. Correct. Then give them a buzz and just say, well, have you got it in stock? Can I come in, make an appointment, go in and get it? And that will really, really boost. That's the right word, actually. It will boost the immunity that your body's already harboring from the vaccine, but it will give it that extra kick and, you know, prevent and protect you further from any chances of, um, you know, Delta or, you know, getting the infection. All righty. Well, look, um, if you could put your crystal ball in front of you and uh, Bandana, look into that crystal ball and see what 2022 holds for <laughs> pharmacists and our relationship in 2022, what would it be? What would be your advice? I think the relationship between community pharmacists and the communities in which they work will be ever stronger. Uh, and I also feel that we will be paying important roles not only in continuing the vaccination um, story, whether that's with COVID or with flu, all the other vaccines that they might be able to provide, uh, but also in helping uh, people manage chronic uh, illnesses and helping keep people out of hospital if we can. What are some of the big, before we go, some of the main research uh, events that you're involved in at this time? So I'm actually involved in looking at sleep health in residential aged care facilities. Sleep and residential um, care, yeah. Uh, particularly because we know that, you know, giving people sedatives isn't the best way to go. Mm. And we need to train people, staff, healthcare professionals working in that area to provide more behavioral, non-drug-based support. So that is a big area that I'm working on. And I'm also looking at whether pharmacies can play a role in finding people who might be at that early stage of experiencing memory problems. And, of course, memory problems may be linked with sleep uh, and being able to, you know, find them earlier than you would have otherwise and referring them to their GP or specialist uh, brain aging clinics. Well, I would very much like to follow those those two because they would be of great interest to our Your Life Choices audience bandana. So um, I'd like to check in with you midway through next year, if I may, and see how that research is progressing. Absolutely, John. I would love to give you an update and look forward to that. Dr. Bandana Seni, who is a professor uh, and one of the leads at Sydney University, specifically in research and professional development of pharmacists, talk to your local pharmacist, your chemist, because uh, they are there to help more than they ever have been. And they've always been there to help, but certainly they are a go-to resource that uh, you should always use. Bandana, be well, take care, and we'll speak in the future. And thank you for talking to us on Your Life Choices today. A pleasure. 